0: The
1: Blast from Our Past Network. Hello and welcome to the Blast from Our Past podcast. We are the podcast that gives you full on movie breakdowns, TV show reviews, and a whole lot more, all from the things of our nostalgic past. I'm Adam. I'm John. And today we are going to be talking parenthood, something that John knows really well. Uh, but not actually just being parents, we're actually be talking the movie, Parenthood, we're going to be uh, talking that uh, 1989 film, along with recasting that film, and then we're going to be discussing the 90s sitcom, The Parenthood, uh, which is Robert Townsend, uh, fantastic, even though there are some Parenthood shows that came about that we'll actually discuss um, once we get into the movie. Uh, But uh, yeah, this film came out 1989. Could you please set our minds back?
0: All right. So the movie was released on August 2nd of 1989. The Billboard Top 100 single for that week was Toy Soldiers by Martika. Martika.
1: I'm sure once I hear it, I'll recognize it, but I, I don't remember that off the top of my head.
0: I definitely remember. They actually made a movie called Toy Soldiers that uh, I think came out the next year or so. And I don't Is remember it? if that song was from the okay. movie or if it if they just happened to name the movie after the song.
1: Was Sean Astin into that?
0: Yes he was. That's along, that's okay I have Along that I with Will Wheaton. Yeah, yeah. Um it's kind of a it's kind of a, a ballady song. It's really good though. Okay. Uh, topping the Nielsen ratings was the show Roseanne. Okay. Uh, still a good show. I think I haven't watched any of the Connors, uh, since they killed her off. I haven't either. I haven't watched any. They keep trying to bring back these old shows. And honestly, I liked the old shows. I'm just not interested usually in seeing these new versions of them. I don't care not.
1: about their lives and how they have updated uh, yeah. personally, but you know, I, I like that show. This is one that we could totally get to at some point, um, and I, I think mm-hmm. I, I remember rewatching it somewhat recently and being like, "Oh, this is better than I remember." Because I remember us not really watching it that much when we were younger, mainly because I think our mom hated that show.
0: Probably, she probably hated Roseanne specifically. Exactly. <laughs> uh, in video games, this uh, around this time was a game called Dragon Warrior, put out by Nintendo. Which, I recognize the name, but I don't remember the game.
1: Okay. Yeah, I don't know it.
0: And the New York Times bestseller is an author that we've talked about before. It was a book called The Russia House by John Le Carre.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. He did uh, The Man Who Came In From the Cold, right? Or something yes, like that. Yes, and
0: Tinker Taylor Soldier Spy as well. That's right. Okay, cool. And my weird fun fact for 1989, uh, Iceland had a prohibition until March of 1989. So, an alcohol prohibition. But the ban had originally uh, prohibited all alcohol, but in 1935, it only applied to, quote, strong beer with a content of 2.25% or more. 2.25%? Yes. That's, so anything, that's a tiny it, percent? Yeah. So, I guess you could have less than that and it would still be beer. Uh, but today, Icelanders celebrate Beer Day on March 1st. Okay. Because the <laughs> nice. prohibition ended then
1: yeah 2.2 percent man you have to drink a lot to feel anything um i mean I, i'm like and my, I, I imagine my, the icelanders would <laughs> yeah they probably would yeah i love my like uh you know eight to 12 percent is kind of like the range i'm really digging now but but you know it's fair enough all right Iceland, interesting
0: all right that was 1989
1: all right uh well um yeah let's talk some parenthood Parenthood, 1989. This film was directed and in part written by Ron Howard. Uh, we talked about him before on our Cocoon episode as well. Or, and he also did Apollo 13, A Beautiful Mind. He was in Happy Days, American Graffiti, bunch of stuff.
0: Andy Griffith Show.
1: Andy Griffith Show. Yeah, that's right. We talked about him in the Andy Griffith, Show, Andy Griffith Show as well. So huge name in film. Uh, the two other writers are Babalu Mandel and Lowell Gantz. Uh, Who kind of between them, uh, Lil' Gantz created Laverne and Shirley. Uh, He also created Joni Loves Chachi. Uh, And together they wrote on things like The Odd Couple. They wrote the movie Gung Ho, A League of Their Own, City Slickers, and Splash. So these guys are fantastic writers. I love the name Babaloo. I saw that too. I was like, I, well, because I always think, and I know you do, if anyone wants to listen to our only the strong <laughs> yep, episode, exactly. Babaloo, bad boy, Babaloo. It's just, it,
0: that's that's what
1: goes on in my head.
0: It's exactly uh, what went through my head.
1: So. Uh, music was done by Randy Newman, and uh, we've talked about him before. Uh, Toy Story, obviously, but he also did mm-hmm. Monsters, Inc., Seabiscuit, Pleasantville, Awakenings, tons of stuff. Um, I, always, I never remembered that Randy Newman did so many film scores. I just remembered him mostly from Toy Story, and right. so I kind of forgot that he actually did do quite a bit of uh, film scoring as well. Yeah. The cast for this film... Uh, Gil is played by Steve Martin, and we know him from The Jerk, Three Amigos, tons of stuff. I mean, just comedy legend. This was kind of a star-studded cast all the way through. Uh, Really, really is. Uh, Karen is Mary Steenburgen. She more recently was in Step Brothers, which is a movie I love, Back to Future 3, I Am Sam, tons of stuff. She is all over stuff, and I'm pretty sure she's still married to Ted Danson. I think. I think. Uh, But overall, she's a fantastic actress. And uh, Frank is played by Jason Robards, who is an older actor, but he's been in all the President's Men, Once Upon a Time in the West, uh, quite a bit of stuff himself. Really, yeah. really good actor.
0: I remember him in Magnolia. Actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. That's right. He was in Magnolia. Uh, that's that. Yeah, I never. I saw that like once. It's the Tom Cruise kind of. It's a. It's a trippy, trippy it, fucking movie. It is.
0: I also saw it once, and I was like, "That was cool," but I'm never gonna watch yeah. that again.
1: <laughs> it's very strange. So, uh, Helen is played by Diane Weist. I think that's how you pronounce it. I always said West when I was younger, but I'm pretty sure it's Weest. It's, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's Weest. We talked about her and Edward Scissorhands. Uh, mm-hmm. She was also in The Birdcage, and for me, I always definitely remember her from Footloose. Back oh, in the yeah. Day. Tons of stuff. Uh, Nathan is played by Rick Moranis. We talked about him with Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, and he's in Ghostbusters and the SC- SCTV episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he's just a fantastic actor. Susan is played by Harley Jane Kozak. Uh, she was uh, in *Erectophobia*. When Harry met Sally, she's been in quite a bit of stuff. Um, she I was the really only recognize.
0: one. Yeah, she was the only one I didn't instantly recognize. Yes,
1: absolutely. Uh, Larry is played by Tom Hulce. Uh, he was in *Animal House*. He is uh, Am- He is Mozart in *Amadeus*. Yeah, that's what I most remember him from. And yeah, and I and I know I mentioned this before, but I watched it probably like four years ago or something. And that movie is just phenomenal. *Amadeus*. *Amadeus*. Yeah. Yeah. So good, And people might not know that he was the voice of Quasimodo in The Hunchback of Notre Dame. Oh, I did not know that. There you go. Julie is played by Martha Plimpton. Uh, She was in a show called The Real O'Neills, but I remember her, and I think most people remember her, from The Goonies. She was in that one. And then Todd is Keanu Reeves, uh, probably the biggest, well, yeah, I'd say the biggest actor, uh, at least currently today, uh, because of Speed, The Matrix, John Wick, Keanu Reeves, Bill and Ted's. Stuff, I mean, yep. he's huge. Uh, the budget for this film was $20 million, and it made $126 million. And for being kind of like a dramedy movie, it's the, over $100 million is a pretty solid payday. Mm-hmm. It's not like a big action-packed blockbuster or anything. And um, as I kind of alluded to earlier, there were actually two TV shows that were based uh, or loosely based off this film. Uh, Both of them aired on NBC. Neither of them is The Parent Hood, uh, which is what John and I will be talking about. The first one was actually a sitcom. They tried it very recently, or like they tried it right after the movie. Nineteen ninety, Ed Begley Jr. played Gil, and it also had Thora Birch, David Arquette, and Leonardo DiCaprio as some of the main characters. I saw that. Yeah, and actually, there was quite a few of people who reappeared from this movie on the show. As well, like some of the kids actually ended up playing the kids in the movie as well, or the TV show as well. Didn't
0: it only last like 12 episodes or something like that? It was like
1: a a half season, uh, you know, replacement or whatnot. um, And it did not last at all. Yeah, 12 seasons or 12 episodes exactly. Now, the more recent Parenthood uh, came in 2010, and it was more of like an hour long dramedy. Um, uh-huh. is quite a bit more drama uh, than it was, I think, comedy and whatnot, but it starred Peter Krause, Lauren Graham, Dax Shepard, Mae Whitman, Craig T. Nelson, uh, and it lasted for six seasons, 103 episodes, and I know some people who actually were big fans of that show. Yeah. so I was not. I just didn't give a crap. I didn't watch it at all. Yeah. It didn't look like it had anything to do with this movie, and so I'm like, why right. the hell is this called Parenthood when it doesn't look like anything <laughs> like the Parenthood I know and love? Right. So speaking of that, um what do you remember about this film Parenthood and you know why are we talking about it right now?
0: I remembered so much from this film. I remember watching it all the time i'm I'm imagining we had it on tape somehow either bought or recorded somewhere. I pretty much as we were going along, I watched this with my wife I didn't show it to my kids um, just because I kn- I knew there were some adult things in here that I didn't want to kind of show them yet Mm -hmm. Um, although I do think my son would have thought the diarrhea song at the beginning would have been hilarious (laughs) (laughs) maybe I'll just show him maybe I'll just show him that clip yeah but just because I'm a I'm a bad dad Um, (laughs) but I have not seen this movie in a long time and I remembered almost all of it as it was going through
1: yeah like we I agree we must have had it and then I always remember being nostalgic for this film right but in rewatching it here, I remembered so much of this movie that I was just like, yeah. oh, man, this is this is one that must have been on almost frequent rotation. Yeah, I, so.
0: I agree. OK.
1: All right. Well, let's get into our scene by scene breakdown. And we start off at a baseball game and we meet uh, a young Gil. Uh, we see that his dad is kind of a dick. Uh, he get, <laughs> they get to the game late and then he pays an usher to sit with him. And we find out it's also his birthday. That young Gil is played by Max Elliott Slade, who we talked about John in a movie that neither of us cared for, Three Ninjas. Oh wow! He was cult. He was one of the main. He's one of the main kids in that series. He's he was in three of those Three Ninja movies. Okay. Um, so yeah, and I think he actually shows up um, also later in the. He he re- reappears in the the Parenthood show, but as a different character and not as. Uh, Gil as young Gil but anyway Gil starts talking and he's wise above his years and we kind of find out that we're inside of his head right now it's right kind of a, a, you know it's a, it's almost like a, not really an illusion but he's having going back into a memory um, but it's all kind of like lucid as well um, it's very it kind of meta right now and I actually kind of like that I kind of forgot about that
0: mm-hmm.
1: he's now apparently 35 steve martin never looked 35 he came out of he came out looking benjamin button old i feel because he got he got that gray hair so quick you know
0: yeah but he was also 44 at this time so they really yeah. should have just made the character of like 40 or yes yeah, like so,
1: <laughs> 35 because i'm 36 right now and i was just like what you i cannot look at steve martin and think that we were ever the same age yeah um, but he's just talking about how he wants to be a good father and things like that we we see Karen, and it kind of snaps him back into reality. And then we get our titles playing to a Randy Newman song. Mm-hmm. Don't want to take a get trip it. to China. It, Kevin. Don't want to say it up tonight. Wouldn't want to get too far um, where you are. Because I, I love to see right. you smile. Uh, and that happens all is like they are trying to struggle to get the kids from the baseball game into the car. And this is stuff now I bet you as adult John with two kids you are getting different things out of oh. this and you're understanding stuff that I can't right now because I don't have kids.
0: It it was absolutely the same and yet a different movie. because um, <laughs> I, you know, I as a kid, I definitely identified with the kids in the film, especially like Kevin and stuff like that. And then now, as a parent, I absolutely identify with Gil, and and all the things that he goes for, and like even to the point where my wife and I are watching this, and we're watching the kids, and we're like, "Oh my god, that's my son! That's exactly (laughs) what my son does." Oh my god, that's my daughter! Oh, like it was, it was just kind of amazing to watch that. Mm
1: So, uh, speaking of your son and that that uh, song, uh, as they're driving back. (laughs) You know, wonderful song when you're sliding into first and you're feeling something burst diarrhea. When you're sliding into first and you're
0: feeling something burst diarrhea, diarrhea. When you're sliding into third and you're well, you juicy third diarrhea, diarrhea. When you're sliding into home and your shirts are full of foam diarrhea, diarrhea. When you're sitting in your Chevy and your shirts are feeling heavy diarrhea, diarrhea.
1: Now, that that was one of the first like real punches back into <laughs> nostalgia for me watching this. Yeah. I was like, oh, my God, that
0: song. <laughs> I wanted to bring this up. Uh, the little girl, mm-hmm. uh, who I believe the character's name is Taylor, yes, uh, is played by an actress named Allison Porter, who was Curly Sue in the movie Curly Sue.
1: She, adorable little film. Well, that's uh, Jim Belushi, I think, as well yes. in that one, right? Yeah, that's a and, good movie.
0: And she was also the season 10 winner of The Voice. Whoa! Yes, great voice actually, great voice.
1: Very cool. Had no idea on that one. Um, The son, Kevin, the diarrhea singer, uh, (laughs) he only has three credits, and we actually talked about him before. Oh, really? Three credits. That's it. And it is this movie, the one that we we, uh, haven't talked about, which was Hook, and then a movie that we did talk about, The Witches. He plays Luke, the main kid in The Witches. Oh, that's right. Who was he, he in to, Hook? He's one of the Lost Boys. He wasn't oh, actually okay. a huge character in Lost Boys, but okay. he was. But he was in there. So that was kind of like his smallest of the roles. But it was it only three character, three three movies on his entire IMDb? And to me, those are all massively nostalgic films. Absolutely huge. So very cool. Uh, it's bedtime, and the part at bedtime that you definitely remembered <laughs> is the son, <laughs> the youngest kid, Justin. <laughs> Uh, Gil looks at him and says, "Oh, you're gonna go to sleep in that?" And he's wearing nothing but a cowboy hat and the cowboy holsters and nothing else. And it is <laughs> fucking adorable and hilarious all at the same time. Um, that, <laughs> and you, I mean, you see a fully naked baby, but it's a baby. Who cares? Yeah. Um, but it is, it is just like, and before I probably laughed and was like, "Oh my god, a naked kid!" But now, as a as an adult, you look at him just like. That is hilarious, but also I'm like, that's so fucking adorable. It fills me with like, you know, you know, uh, baby fever, <laughs> that kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs>
0: baby crazy. Yeah. I'm baby crazy. Yeah, but yeah, it, that's definitely just, something little- every kid does at some yeah. point. Oh, I got. We got pictures yeah. of that. <laughs> yeah, I got pictures of
1: me. Um, with like, I think it's binoculars, Right, uh, looking through binoculars, just naked. I know mom has some pictures of herself, like in a cowboy hat and basically nothing else when she was younger. Like yeah. this is running around naked is a established baby thing, right? Ab- absolutely.
0: And, yeah. and only gets more fun when you get older. I mean, what? <laughs> exactly. Woo.
1: It's naked time. <laughs> Ding. <Bing>! Yeah. <laughs> That's a Dana Carvey thing. You guys should all check that out. His stand up is awesome. Yeah. So, and that actor is actually still working. Uh, Zachary Lavoie. Yes, Justin. Okay, cool. Actually, he Very was cool. in the Parenthood
0: TV show. Is in that show. Nice. Yeah, yeah I saw that. But uh, yeah, he's not not a lot of credits, but he is still working like on and off. Okay. Uh, Gil then
1: has to you know go check on his daughter Taylor, who's not feeling well, and he's like, "Oh, do you want to throw up?" She says, "Okay." <laughs> Blah. Just projectiles all over him. Uh, she's adorable. That's funny. I mean, is that – I
0: mean, you must have gotten thrown up a lot in your time uh, as a dad. Yeah. I mean, it, yeah. It, it gets to the point, like – it's going to sound gross, but, like, bodily fluids don't bother me anymore. Yeah. <laughs> you just yeah. get used to them.
1: There's – all right. There's one thing – now, I get it. Kids can't really – you know, they're, they're peeing their poop and their vomit. They can't stop that and whatnot. Now, this is one thing that I have. I don't know, even as a father, will I adjust this? Because I can get over that stuff. That's not a big deal. That's mm-hmm. just, the, you know, you get peed on, you get pooped on, you get vomited on. Not a big deal. But one thing I don't, and this is, this is something that I feel like every parent does, but I just don't think I give a crap is I. I I see parents, and I've seen you do it, and I, it doesn't make me cringe, but it's just like, I'm not sure I could do that, is they eat after their kids. If the kids don't finish a, like a sandwich or something, the parents will then pick up the... <laughs> but the kids' fingers are so dirty, and these kids are so <laughs> gross that I'm like, anything they're touching, and I'm not like a germaphobe by any means, but I'm like, I just can't fathom finishing because they're just slobbery, gross little fuckers, and, like, <laughs> and then finishing their
0: meals. It, I, 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 I can't get that. And Man, you can't let food go to waste. We were yelled at all our, we were yelled at all our lives that yeah. uh, starving kids in Africa were not getting food. That for some reason we had to eat our food because yeah. of that, and I still that have helped. that mindset. So
1: okay, fair enough. But I mean, it's a, I think it's all a lot of parents do that. So oh yeah, all right. Uh, apparently, Gil and Karen are going to have to go see Kevin's principal because he's having some emotional issues, crying, and he's just being off. I guess as a kid. Which pisses off Gill and and mentions you know the, his nephew Gary is another kid who now he's got emotional problems and so we cut to him who is played by Leaf Phoenix. Joaqu- Leaf, <laughs> you're right, Leaf. Leaf Phoenix, which we actually talked about in Space Camp. Yep. Um hated him in Space Camp. Uh, he's a little <laughs> bit better in this one, yep. but he plays like a troubled little you know anxiety ridden emo teen. But yes, Joaquin Phoenix. Who was yep. going at Leaf at the time, but uh, and we also meet Helen uh, Gil's sister, uh, who was a div- divorcee. Yep. Uh, and then also we meet uh, Helen's other daughter, Julie. And I, this is a yes, definitely a fun little thing that I probably didn't notice all that much when I was younger. But uh, Helen's like, "Oh, I heard you moaning last night. Were you okay?" And she's like, "Oh, no, no, it's fine. It's nothing." And then eventually, when Helen leaves the room, out pops Todd from under the bed. <laughs> and then it's even funnier because they mentioned that. That Julie says, mom heard you moaning last night, so Todd is the moaner, which is just kind of a
0: nice flip on its head. You know what? I had never noticed that until this viewing. Yeah. I, I guess I just didn't I didn't really care about that line, but this time I definitely noticed that it that it flipped on to, to Todd yes. being the moaner.
1: Yep. Uh, but Todd is still feeling a little uh, horny, if you will, and he pulls out a camera. We can record our love. We can record our love. <laughs> and that's... That's what they're gonna do, apparently. Um we see uh Helen gets on the phone with her other their other sister, Susan. Uh we see we meet them. She's married to Nathan, and he's kind of like a, a highly intellectual nerd. He's kind of one of those people overprotective, but like his kid has to be like the smartest in the room, and mm-hmm. he has to like, you know, treat them. Now I've I've met some parents like this where they think their kid is just. The smartest, best, and most amazing kid. Now, there are some kids who are really very smart, of course, and all this stuff. But other parents who are like, yeah, I mean, if you force them into that environment, any kid will soak up that kind of intelligence. But, like, also, are they having fun? Are they fun kids? Are they enjoying their life? And so that's something that, you know, is going to be a trope that we're going to find out with uh, their child, Patty. And, you know, just also Nathan in general, that he's a little too obsessive about this. Their daughter, so that daughter, Patty, is played by Ivy Ann Schwan. Uh, she ended up being on the show as well, the Parenthood show, playing the same character. Mm-hmm. I actually remembered her also, besides this, immediately from The Problem Child 2. Uh, she was that other oh, girl. Oh, she was the little
0: girl. Yes,
1: who came in and was like just as, as awful as was a junior. Was that okay, character. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. All right. Um, at Helen's house, pretty much, you know, the whole family is there for like a dinner or a little get together. Um, again, we see more of Patty kind of being a genius kid, kid while Justin is not a genius. I mean, that's something that we're gonna <laughs> we get their comparisons quite a bit. He's eating stickers while she is like reciting Shakespeare, basically, or stuff Great. like that. Stuff like that, yeah, yeah. Um, and then there's a big surprise that uh, Frank, you know, is is kind of going to unveil to everybody what it is is Larry shows up their youngest brother. So it's four siblings in this family. We don't really... I, I am assuming Gil is the oldest, but it's also possible that Helen is the oldest. It doesn't really matter. So yeah. it's maybe Gil, Helen, Susan, and then Larry, who's the youngest. Um, and you can obviously tell that the dad kind of dotes on Larry and dad kind of, like, is super eager and loves him. Not really loves him the most, but, like, shows him the most affection, yeah. while towards Gill. He's a little. He's harder. He's just. He's much harder on Gil. Now, did that something that you feel happened in our family dynamic? Do you feel I was doted on and I was like, um, I don't know, given all these, I was spoiled more like that, and you were
0: hardened. Um, I think Abby and I both think that a little bit with mom, okay, just a little bit, like a little, but a lot of it had to do with the fact that you were the last one out of the house, so. The, you know you had you you were the only one that had time with just mom by yourself. Yeah, yeah,
1: and I think that was something special for mine and mom's relationship. Yeah, we went we went through some shit that that you guys didn't. You were already off in right. college at that time. Yeah,
0: I mean, and we've we've each had different experiences with our parents. I mean, we we all kind of said that our sister was our kind of our dad's favorite, and mm-hmm. it was always apparent, but that never really bothered us. Um, and I got to live with dad for a few years and that's an experience that I had. That's going to be different from, so we're all having kind of different experiences with our, our parents. So, um, no, but I mean a little bit, but not really, I don't, I don't feel like I, I I didn't get that with dad at all and feel like he, other than, you know, he, you know, he favored his little girl and understandably so. Yeah. I think it's fine. Um, yeah, I mean, I,
1: I, course i don't feel like i was spoiled at all because (laughs) i don't know because also we weren't we weren't an upper middle class family we were a lower middle class family so it's not like i got all these massive experiences you didn't i remember getting a shit ton of hand-me-downs like so that's (laughs) right i I didn't get new stuff i got everyone's used crap and it was all your clothes i didn't wear like my own piece of clothing (laughs) (laughs) probably till high school (laughs)
0: and i i understand that because we've we've handed down a whole bunch of clothes actually we'll make our daughter wear my son's hand-me-down clothes if it yeah. lo- if it you know if, if it it if, if it fits her mm-hmm. especially jeans because that girl goes through jeans like crazy because she's probably more physically active than he yeah. is and yeah. for some reason uh, they make boys jeans tougher than girls jeans really yeah, oh yeah yeah it's it's much more durable material they put more into mm-hmm. it so we just started buying her boys jeans because she was wearing through them
1: Gotcha. Huh. That's interesting. I mean, that's that's also really weird about how, like, the fashion industry does shit like that. Oh, yeah. It's it's dumb. Yeah. So... Uh, and then, another kind of little surprise here. We meet his son, uh, Larry's son, Mm-mm. who is a surprise to everybody. Uh, and his, another surprise, his name is cool. <laughs> that's, cool.
0: That's 80s thinking for you.
1: Yeah, well, I think it's also Larry thinking for you. Well, actually... No, it's not because we fight. He says, I didn't even know I had a son for for, uh, since a couple months ago. Right. So whoever mother that he knocked up, apparently she named him cool. So, yeah. Damn hippies. Damn hippies. (laughs) But um, we can immediately see that Larry, and this is all, I think, ties into Larry's upbringing of being a spoiled little kid. Frank always kind of just gave him whatever he wanted. Um, and so we see that he's kind of a bum. He's a schemer. He's that kind yeah. of guy. He's always trying to look for a quick fix. He's never looking to work hard. Um, and this is also why I don't feel like I associate with Larry because I am I feel like I'm a hard worker. I was able to, you know, <laughs> work my own way pretty, pretty quickly after college and whatnot. Uh, but anyway, that's my own problems aside. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Larry is uh, currently much? working on some <laughs> hydroponics stuff, um, mm-hmm. and you know, which I always think of weed immediately when I think of hydroponics. And
0: I'm sure Larry was too. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I mean, like the science behind it is is fascinating. We actually have kind of like a little hydroponics garden in our house mm-hmm. right now that we're using to grow like some lettuce and some herbs and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Yeah. So I mean, that, this it's, <laughs> I immediately this thought
1: weed. Yeah, it's it's almost synonymous with weed. I think, particularly early on. So, um, but he wants to stay around that area with the family for cool's sake. Like, okay, uh, and we see that uh, or the the kid who plays cool is named Alex Baral Burl. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have many credits to his name, but I did notice that he played Michael Jackson uh, ages six to eight in the miniseries in the nineties. Oh, okay. that was on the Jackson family. So I thought that was cool. Okay, it's cool because of Michael Jackson. <laughs> yeah. I like Michael Jackson, okay? Just deal with it. All right, uh Gill and Karen, they meet with the principal who recommends Kevin go into special education. Uh, you know, for his emotional problems. I love how Gil blames Karen immediately for smoking grass. <laughs> it's her fault. She smoked a lot of grass.
0: In in the original script, she was actually going to smoke a uh, a joint every night. Like that was her like nighttime ritual. But oh. but Mary Steenburgen uh, didn't like did, not that she didn't like it, but she's like that just seems out of character for where she is now. Like yeah. so they they changed it to just her having done it in college.
1: Yeah. Okay. So can of everyone have like their little vice or because there's a Susan. Um, we see that scene where she gets home at one point, and she she's in her jazzercise size outfit or whatever right. workout outfit, and then she is stressed, and she stressed eats. Now nothing comes from that, right? She, you know, it's not like there's any bad habits forming from that, or it's just kind of showing she's having stress um, in her marriage. What
0: I what I actually took away from that was that because in in the, the dinner scene that's coming up, she she talks about she's talking about all these healthy foods. Oh yes. I took it to mean that like Nathan was like overly controlling yeah, over yeah, what exactly. she did. And so that was her like that was her like little vice thing was like this sugary snacks that she yeah. could sneak in.
1: She's secretly lashing well yeah, she did mention um you know uh you know, while here they're having this dinner that they brought they bring their own food everywhere. Right. Um and they're exa- and you can and you can see these things are ultimately Nathan pushing all this stuff onto her. Right. And so yeah, that's her lashing out on her on her own um is eating these little I mean, like cupcakes and shit like that. So, Right. Gil and Karen ultimately just want to try and get him to a therapist and try that as opposed to going to special education. Uh, we see that Todd and Julie go to pick up their uh, pictures that they made uh, recording their love, but it's not their pictures that they're picking up. Uh, they apparently went to the same place that her mom <laughs> had some pictures developed, and so they get their mom's pictures, which means Helen must have picked up her pictures we cut to helen looking in like i don't know it's a mix of disappointment and horror and at like
0: he's whimpering and this was actually based on something that happened to producer brian grazer
1: oh wow <laughs> brian grazer that's a big name yeah um he why can't i i can't he, remember off the top of my head he and
0: something. uh he and uh, ron howard have done a whole bunch of stuff but brian like brian grazer is a big name producer yeah I immediately Hollywood. hear it yep in fact yeah. i know i can i can i know what he looks like i've seen him in so many interviews i know exactly what it looks nice. like but apparently okay. i guess this happened to brian grazer so ron howard threw that into the uh, story
1: okay yeah it's pretty much all ron howard stuff that he works on with but it's a lot of awesome stuff basically yeah <laughs> so i think that's a hilarious and unfortunate uh <laughs> thing for helen to to deal with right now uh she she's funny though about some of the stuff some of the stuff is oh wow that's one from that's one for the wallet Uh, (laughs) things like that and of course her and julie end up yelling at each other and and julie leaves to go be with todd and at the same time gary comes in and he's very secretive Uh, gary just he's got something in like his uh, like a big big brown bag yep he's carrying around with him at all times and he's just a very kind of Emotion or he's basically like a dark emo, like you know, leave me alone
0: kid. He's he's distance. I mean, yeah, thank you. I mean, he's he's not happy. I I wonder, like, how because I don't know if we it's got to be a while uh, as to how long um, uh, Helen and her ex husband have been divorced because we learned that he has another family,
1: exactly. And it's a kid who's old enough to like call him on the telephone, right? So it has to, so again, so the kid has to be. You know, uh, probably like a good four years old, five years old. So, so I'm know.
0: wondering if if this is something where he's always been this distant, or if as he became a teenager and kind of yeah. like went through puberty and all that stuff, he became emotionally distant and started thinking about his father and stuff like that. Because mm-hmm. um, it, it doesn't it doesn't sound like this was a a usual thing; that it was a relatively new behavior.
1: Yeah, I would think. I think so too. Um, I do love the little just this little moment here where uh so gary comes in and julie's like i'm moving out and he goes bye like in a very (laughs) monotone and then (laughs) then helen goes see you've upset your brother (laughs) who is obviously he's just literally he's doesn't care he doesn't care and he's as monotone as it gets but
0: hi gary i moving out gary but see you've upset your brother
1: i love that there's a lot of good lines a lot of memorable stuff there was Uh Frank shows Larry his like this sweet cherry old car that he uh, kind of, you know, refurbished on his own. And we just kind of, you know, see Larry is not the greatest
0: father. No, um, he's I didn't have a real. I told this to my wife last night. I was like, I did not realize how much of a of a dick Frank is. Oh, Frank. Yeah. Frank is a dick. Absolutely. Yeah. But yeah. And but Larry, you know, there's some redemption
1: for for Frank. You know, by the end of the film, yes, there, there is, is. Z- zero redemption for Larry by the right. end of this film. Yeah, so, but um, he ends up asking Frank for some money, uh, some three thousand uh, dollars, to try and you know help out with something that you know he's in he's in the hole for. Uh, Patty practices some karate, <laughs> kind of cute. Ends up <laughs> punching Nathan in the face. Um, but yeah, Susan. And, you know, Susan wants Nathan to go on this trip with her to Mexico and spend some time together. But Nathan is so focused. He's super hyper focused on his kid mm-hmm. and making sure that everything is just perfect with her. Um, that, you know, that Susan is now getting neglected, and kind of pushed aside. Yeah. So and just overall, we can tell that that marriage isn't working too great. Um, yeah. And she's not getting any of the attention. So yeah. uh, at work, Gil. Is trying to work towards getting this partnership, but it's not looking too good for him. So, kind of, you know, his his uh, work. Uh, life is not working so hot. It's it's not. He's not seeing a progression uh, that he is hoping for. Um, but ultimately, it's it's because because his boss, who's an asshole, is basically telling him, "Oh, you're not spending enough time at work. You know, you you have to come in, spend all this extra hours, all this extra stuff." And you know, your your opponent, this guy named Phil, he doesn't have a family. He can come in, and his and work is his family. And this is something that overall has not to say ruined. But it has completely fucking ruined American work culture is, you know, I feel like it was expected that, you know, you you work, but you have your family and you spend your family time and all that stuff. And now, you know, I, probably ever since maybe probably before the, the 80s, but, you know, in then it's just has gone to all your time goes to work. If you're only putting in 40 hours a week, you're not putting in enough time at work. And it's just like, well, how the fuck do you have any time for you? How do you have time right. to devote to your family? Like no wonder mental health is worse than ever before.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, and honestly, no, no wonder people didn't want to go back to work after, yeah after COVID. I mean, I,
1: I don't, you get paid shit and you're expected to like, you know, do insane shit and spend all your time there yeah. where it's like, yeah no yeah you got to have that work balance and that's 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 actually was part of a reason that i definitely got out of what i was doing right because i felt um and and i moved to a smaller town uh, which i enjoy a lot because i have a work-life balance hell if i need to pop away from my work and you know go do something real quick and run an errand and come back it's not a big deal right or if i need to you know oh I, and i when I'm not at work, I'm typically not at work where a lot of my other jobs was when I was not at work, I was still needed to be checking my email and needed to be moving shit forward. And it's just like, no man, I have to have a
0: life. And that was part of the reason why when I was teaching, um, I switched from teaching high Mm. school band to elementary music. Um, which was when I was, when it was, you know, when I didn't have kids, it was generally fine because I, you know, my wife and I could do stuff whenever we were mm-hmm. in times and, you know, go out, find times to go out or she'd come over and, and help me. But with a high school band, I was at the school all the time. Yeah. Football games, marching band practice, uh, basketball games, all kinds of extracurricular stuff. I was just there all the time. Well, after we have kids, I started to notice my kids were starting to miss me. I was like, you know what? This has gotta so got to change. Mm-hmm. So I made the change to elementary music where um, I knew I wasn't going to have to do as much after school stuff. Yeah. Um. I could get all the stuff I needed to do. I could get done at school or as nice. very close to, as yeah. far as like if I had to write lesson plans, which I rarely did, even when I was required to, <laughs> because I didn't need to because I knew what I was teaching. Yeah. Uh. It's but, yeah. Well, so yeah.
1: So I mean, and if if that is your thing and work is your life, that's fine. That however you get your jollies, that's fine. But for for us. Taking that little bit of a step back, I think, has bo- been beneficial for, for
0: both John and myself. So. I, I mean, if I was an employer, I don't know that I would want someone like that, because to me, that just is going to lead to burnout. It does. And it also
1: leads, I feel like it does lead to a lot of people moving on into bigger, better things. Or, you know, right. there's, a lo- there's a lot of moving. I mean, I, mean, I for one, absolutely would say, I've moved across this damn country for jobs like right. couple, multiple times. Um, but, like, when you set your family and whatnot then you can kind of stake your roots and you're going to it's going to be a long haul where you, you will help that company in the long term. So yeah. I think I think you're right. Having a you know having that balance, you're not going to get burned out and you're going to be just overall a little bit better off. So but we'll see. You know? Yeah. Um all right. So Kevin is worried about seeing a psychiatrist. Of course he thinks he's a little freak and that kind of stuff. Which at that time psychiatry and, and mental health therapy was not as accepted as it is now. Um, I imagine there's a lot more kids today in going to see therapists than uh, than were back in the 80s. Mm-hmm. So, um, But Gil kind of distracts him. He's got an upcoming birthday party, and we find out, oh, he really wants this guy, Cowboy Dan, to come and play, uh, or to, to perform at his birthday. So, All right. Uh, at Frank's place, uh, we see Larry getting thrown from a car. Um, I did see the... <laughs> Yeah. Stunt double didn't (laughs) look much like Tom Hulse to me. I I, I noticed that too. (laughs) But, yeah. Uh, His business dealings aren't going too well. And we also see that uh, then Julie... There's a lot of bouncing back and forth in this film between the different families. Um, Julie gets uh, uh, brought back to Helen's place in the cop, or by the cops. She was apparently panhandling because she's not with Todd right now because they got into a fight and... Uh, he, he got into a fight with the brothers and then with Todd, and so they kind of broke up very quickly. Mm. Uh, a wonderful little line here is where Julie says,
0: <laughs> He told me he loved me, sweetie. <laughs> How do they say that. <laughs> then they come.
1: They say that. Then they come.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I was like, I yeah, did not hear that line before. I didn't notice that. Man, I'm going to have to go back and find that again.
1: Yeah, I will cut that one in. Don't worry. <laughs> so, um, and we also just see Gary is still acting weird, shit like that. Uh, then busts in Todd, and he's still, he's trying to get, he wants to get Julie back, and he mentions something about calling, he says, my wife. And we're like, what, what? And so they we find out they apparently got married a couple days ago. And so, you know, this is very immature, super hyper-immature love yeah. that's going on right now. Um, but he apologizes, and of course, Julie takes him back, and they're they're back together. At a baseball game, Kevin tries his hand at second base, and here Gil kind of goes into a little imaginary thing, kind of a throwback to, or, or kind of re- returning to yeah. that first scene where he's kind of goes into some imaginative things, and uh, he envisions... Kevin graduating college and the Dean announces Kevin who is like the top of his <laughs> class. And you know, it's all this great speech about how much he loved his dad and thanked his dad. Uh, did you recognize the Dean who announced Kevin? I did not. Uh, Rance Howard, Ron oh, Howard's dad. I should yep. have, I should have known. Yep. Uh, and then, and also in like one of the baseball things we'll see, uh, it's because we cut back to it's baseball time. Yeah. Um, and we see Clint Howard yep. up, Playing one of the dads of this other kid, and uh, Kevin ends up dropping a fly ball, and they lose the game. And so, wop wop. Now, Ke- Ke- now Gill reimagines <laughs> that scene he had before, but instead of graduating with high honors, uh, Kevin is now shooting people from a bell tower, which is <laughs> basically the it's the University of Texas shooting yeah. that they kind of put Kevin into.
0: All so. right, I have an issue with this scene, not the, not with the scene itself, but. Yeah. with the, the stupid kids on his team. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so they're they all like, oh, no, not Kevin. Well, they needed a second baseman, and Gil asked everyone, who wants to play second base? None yeah. of the other kids stepped up. No one stepped up, and then Gil just asked, okay, hey, do you want to? He didn't say, Kevin, play second base. He said, Kevin, would you like to play second base? And Kevin said, sure. Nobody else stepped up, and I can tell you this. I'm not going to complain about it if someone else is going to do a job I don't want to do.
1: Yeah, yeah, you're you're dead on there. It's it's not like yeah, it's not like Gil showed favoritism. No, absolutely uh, not. Yeah, so yeah, you're right, absolutely right. So Nathan confronts Susan, who apparently has been cutting holes in her diaphragm, uh, which is her contraceptive, uh, because she wants another kid, but. Nathan kind of goes on this rant about, you know, and we had this plan that we were going to wait five years in between kids or all this or whatever it was or more than that, whatever the hell it is. Um, I'd but, like to but thank this movie
0: for introducing
1: me to what a diaphragm was. Yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> I didn't really remember. I mean, we didn't I've I've never used been one confronted to, with a diaphragm. I haven't no. either. I think now it's basically mostly all the pill and condoms are the two main contraceptives of choice. But there are still the sponges out there, which is a Seinfeld thing. Those still exist, oh. and I wouldn't doubt that diaphragms still exist. Right. So, um, but yeah, so she wants another kid, but Nathan, you know, again pushes. It's 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 their plan, but it's not really their plan. It's his plan, and Susan gets kind of pushed into this stuff. He's it is kind of interesting. I, I kind of like the. I don't know. They're, they're playing with, like, I would feel is, like, the typical norm where, like, you'll get a very macho guy who who kind of, like, pushes his will on mm-hmm. the female. This one, it's it's not to say Rick Moranis isn't macho, but Rick Moranis isn't macho. Right. <laughs> He's Rick Moranis. He's nerdy, but he, he pushes his intellectual side and he pushes all of that, like the science and all this whatever, yeah. until it's always his way and never Susan's way or never their way, honestly.
0: Uh, there was a... Uh- the dinner scene that happened earlier, there was a, a a line where she she was talking about how he had done things, and she was like, and he just, you know, it just turned me on, you know? And Diane Weiss, or, or somebody, it might have been Mary Steenburgen, was like, really? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. that guy did it? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. It was, she,
1: she is very attractive. The actress and the Susan character yeah. is very attractive. And Rick Moranis is classically not. He's classically nerd look. Um and so it is kind of like a wow, how did how did he get her kind of thing? Yes. So yeah, because they do kind of go over that. Uh meanwhile Julie and Todd buzz each other's hair. <laughs> They're just rebelling. I don't know. There's actually a reason for this.
0: There's a whole there's actually a whole reason for this. The movie that Martha plimpton did but right before this, she was bald. Uh because ah. she played a, she played a cancer survivor. So all the hair you see up until this point was a wig. Was it okay? And I had no idea. Ron Howard hated the wig, and so huh. they did this so that she they could start using her natural hair. Okay, cool.
1: I I, I don't like that. Didn't even think about that. So, uh Gary talks to Helen uh about staying with Dad. You know, and now he's kind of trying to, to to go that route, and so she lets him call him. And here's where he has gets on the phone. You know. And we find out that, no, he's not allowed to. And so, of course, Gary's upset, and he Mm -hmm. kind of cries, and, um, you know, he's just overall very hurt by this. Yeah. And so, at Gil's place, it's Kevin's birthday party. And this just feels like a classic scene. This is a scene I loved as a kid. Yeah. Um, Not to say I don't love it now, but this is one of the more memorable scenes for me when I was younger. Absolutely. Yep. So, Gil does his thumb trick, which I (laughs) always remember that scene, which freaks the hell out of Patty. And I'm like, wow, a real fucking genius there. She couldn't figure that out. (laughs) Um, But... And I, I like how, you know, we just see that. And overall, with Patty being a very unsocial kid, uh, she's she's fairly socially inept because she just spends all of her time with Nathan and at home and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, Susan's upset about it, but Nathan is fairly strict and wants to just keep focusing on her and shit like that. Uh, here's where Nathan or Susan kind of talks about, you know, how she fell in love with Nathan and talks about how she would kind of calm him down. He was a very stressful guy. Oh, yeah. And she would calm him down with some road head. <laughs> and like, okay, nice, good times. Uh, which, you know, it's kind of hard to believe because he's so stuffy now. Uh, they probably haven't done that in a hot minute. Right. Um, and Justin, again, acts more like a Dumbo kid. He's running his, ramming his head into things. And I love it. I think, I mean, Justin is, it's a very big disparity between Justin and Patty. And they're the total two different sides of super genius and like regular dumbo kid.
0: I hate to say it, but like all kids do stuff like that. Yeah. I, both my both times I've I've seen both my kids like put something on their head and then run into something. I think <laughs> and right. I consider both my kids to be fairly intelligent kids and I, I'm uh-huh. pretty sure it's just a kid thing.
1: I your 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 daughter in particular now is still quite violent and will just like <laughs> ram her head like you know into my gut or something when I see her. She is quite violent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: I'm not gonna lie she is
1: quite violent. But she is also still quite quick and, and intelligent. So yeah. you can you can be both. Um, Gil we see funnily fails to crack a piñata. Uh, the grandmother has a funny scene where she's blowing up balloons and gives this squeaky voice.
0: When I was born, Bill Clinton was president. <laughs> I want to talk about that grandmother real quick. So uh-huh. that actress is an na- uh, actress named Helen Shaw. Um, this was her last movie. She did a TV oh, okay. episode in 1995. She died in 1997 at the age of 100.
1: 100. That's so, awesome. So
0: she was like 90 something when she did this movie. Her first film, 1980. She was 83 Whoa. before she started acting.
1: Wow. Props to her for kind of following, you know, whatever she wanted in the dreams or whatnot and, and being like, hey, I'm going to get into acting. It's great. That, I mean, that gives me hope. Shit, I can still yeah. do stuff. <laughs> yeah, that is awesome. Uh, and then, as they're expecting Cowboy Dan, instead they get a stripper. <laughs> <laughs> from this party time entertainment. Apparently there was a mix up and Cowboy Dan is not coming. Kevin's heart is broken. And so to fix the day or to save the day, uh, Gil dresses as a cowboy with, you know, whatever he's got as he's like spoons or something mm-hmm. as spurs and rugs as chaps. Uh, and he goes out and performs for the kid kids and does surprisingly well. Yeah. He really entertains with them. And this is this as a kid this was a fun scene. This is like this is kind of what you would love to see at a birthday party. Try he g- gets on a horse to ride away at the end. I love his little yipitaya ha whatever he does. <laughs>
0: yipitaya ha
1: and he goes and ends up falling off the horse, and then he keeps going. Just overall massive success right. for a birthday party.
0: I so. actually, when I was watching this, before the stripper came in, I actually forgot and conflated this with Uncle Buck. Because I was like, oh, yeah, this is when uh, Cowboy Dan comes in and, and Gil punches him in the face. And then yeah. the stripper showed up, and I'm like, no, 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 that's Uncle Buck.
1: Idiot. Yeah, yeah it was close. Exactly. He was, uh, that guy was, the, I can't remember the clown, but he was a god of local, enter- of local kids <laughs> entertainment right. or whatever it was. So, all right. Uh, that night, someone breaks into a dentist's office and busts everything up, and we can kind of tell and infer that it's Gary yeah. that he was breaking things in his father's uh, dentist office. Uh, Helen goes to his room well, while he's out out of his room right now. Helen goes into the room and she's been you know thinking he might be on drugs or some other stuff, and she finds this bag that he's been carrying around and it's just it's regular movies, and then out <laughs> from the cover. It's not a regular movie. No. It's a triple X movie. Uh, and no wonder he was coveting that. <laughs> he was carrying that bag everywhere. But I understand like <laughs> why were, where was he taking it? Uh, yeah. Ah. I yeah, because he didn't seem like he had friends. You know, we right. didn't get that established. But yeah, he was carrying that He was <laughs> he beloved uh triple X VHSs. Yeah. What was so. it that
0: said like wet wild and ready?
1: Yeah, well, well th- right, she puts that one on,
0: which I don't. One, I don't understand. I'm like, how do you not know what that's going to be? Uh, yeah. But there was a, the actual movie that was shown was actually a porno called Blonde Goddesses from 1982. That was sort of oh. a Indiana Jones parody. Okay, <laughs> all
1: right. Uh, as they as she puts it on, her sister Susan and grandmother come in. <laughs> And uh just some some good quick lines from the grandmother every now and then. Yeah, the like, oh, that good one stuff. guy reminds me of your grandfather. <laughs> <laughs> uh and Gary who comes in is embarrassed, but Helen actually does very well here and she just kind of sits to him, talks to about him, you know, or talks to him like, "Hey, are you curious about sex and other stuff like that?" She's she's not massively overwhelmed by this and I think right. she does actually I think she is a fantastic mother cuz she's having to do it all on her own.
0: I thought she handled it very well, actually. Yeah.
1: Yep. In pops Todd at this moment, who is just kind of looking for Julie or whatnot, but she's not around. And so Helen then kind of suggests maybe they talk about their kind of his curious sexual feelings. And so she figures like having a guy as dim-witted as Todd is, (laughs) let him talk to him. And so we cut to Todd kind of coming out. Can I
0: speak frankly, no holds barred? Please. That is one messed up little dude.
1: That is one messed up little dude, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but really not all that much, you know. But no, you know, he kind of Todd gives him kind of some good advice in his own kind of dumb Todd way, um, and kind of showing that all right, you know what, he's not a complete idiot, not a not a bad guy. This Todd's not a bad guy.
0: I l- I liked uh, Helen's response when Todd asked him like, he got his first boner. Do you know what that is, or something like that? And she's like, <laughs> Yeah, I think I seem to remember.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, Frank goes to his garage and his sweet car is missing, and we know exactly yeah. who took it yeah. without question. Then we cut to this uh, kind of a Showtime pizza place slash Chuck E. Cheese kind of ripoff place. Kevin uh, was getting bullied a little bit from some of his uh, you know arcade money, and then he can't find his retainer, and oh my God, he just starts bawling and making a scene and being this, I hesitate to say just a little bitch, but he's being a little bitch uh, yeah. about this. <laughs> What's
0: the matter? I lost my retainer. Where? Oh, shh, honey. I, it's okay. I put my retainer fall? on the table. Just relax. <laughs> Kevin, it's okay,
1: honey. I don't remember. I mean, your kids, uh, and every kid makes a scene and starts crying. Actually, I remember taking your son. <laughs> You've
0: told the story before, but yeah. Well,
1: no, that's the Renaissance fan oh, okay. story. But there was one time I took your son into like a a store. It was just me and him. And this is when he was, it was around that same age, though. Oh, yeah, yeah. And we went into a store and he wanted to like buy something. I was like, no, Avery, we're not, you know, we are not getting that. And then he just started like bawling and so like fine, fuck you. I was like, fuck this. We get I didn't say that to him. (laughs) But I just picked him up and said, We're leaving. And I just got out of there because I was not going to deal with him just kind of crying. But like overall, neither of your kids make this kind of a a scene. This was this one was he started going into like high pitch wine territory real quick.
0: No, but I have my son gets kind of anxious, and I have seen yeah. it wasn't that bad, but I have seen him like, like I, you can see in his eyes like start to freak out about something, and I I'm constantly have to be like, buddy, calm down, take a breath. Yeah, there's no there's absolutely no reason to freak out over whatever is going. So I've seen it in my son. I've never seen him okay do it to that level yet. Mm-hmm. Actually, I don't I don't think so. I think he's getting better, but yeah, um,
1: yeah. That's good. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and I'm sure ev- every parent has to deal with kid blow ups and, and kid, you know Oh well whiny. the kid
0: blow up thing, like that never that doesn't bo- that never really bothered me. I kind of learned how to deal with it. And you know what? I'm probably one of the few people who doesn't really bother me when other kids do it in the store, like other people's kids. Like I've I've been in a store with like you know, some other kid is having a meltdown and the people around me were like, God, can't you get that kid to shut up or can't you to-? and in my yeah. head I'm like Can't you just learn to ignore it? Like, just you shut up. I just, uh, it it drives me crazy. It's a kid. It's a a
1: child. Yeah. Uh, But for Kevin here, I always, once he starts saying, my retainer, (laughs) the way he says it, like whatever it is, the frequency that he says it pierces, (laughs) pierces into my brain. So, (laughs) Karen and Gil try to look through the trash uh, in the back alley. (laughs) Uh, While Frank takes the kids home or whatnot, but um, looking for this retainer. We never find out if they find it. I'm assuming they don't.
0: Yeah, I
1: actually wondered (laughs) about that, too. Uh, On the drive home, Gil is just just tense with everything. Obviously, work (laughs) has been very stressful because he hasn't been getting this partnership. And then, obviously, home stuff, as we've seen, is very, very stressful. And so, um, thinking back to a a conversation from earlier, Karen (laughs) wants to help him relax. (laughs) And she starts moving that direction. And she's down there, and then we cut to, they got into an accident. This was a great edit. I loved this edit. Because, yes, well, uh, you know, exactly. The car, we cut to the front of the car, It's kind of pulls out, and it's been obviously crashed, and it's kind of smoking and whatnot, and there's a cop there asking questions, and (laughs) he's like, so how did this happen? And Gil just kind of turns to Karen, tell him, honey. (laughs) Or show show him, honey. Show him, honey. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you know, Gil kind of threw her under the bus there, but... (laughs) It's just kind of funny.
0: I mean, I don't know why he was complaining.
1: Yeah, exactly. So all right. Frank uh gets uh gets home just in time to see Larry putting away returning his car and basically calls him out that he tried to sell his car um, you know, for money. And we find out that Larry's in trouble with bookies and he owes twenty six thousand dollars.
0: Which is about fifty-five thousand dollars today.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah. So I mean that's a fuck ton of money. Yeah. And I I guess I guess what I don't understand about that. Is one? I mean, I don't have a gambling problem and whatnot, right. so I don't, I don't, I can't think like that. But also, it's like, at least I, I understand in like when it comes to Vegas terms, you gamble with the money that you have, right. and so it's like you have to give them a hundred dollars to then maybe get back that money, and if you don't, you just lose that hundred dollar. They don't, they don't give you IOUs. But I guess with bookies, it's a different story.
0: I think it is different. Um, I think bookies do front money and then get extra percentages back. Okay. I know, and I'm going to talk about this, um, our grandfather uh, had a bookie. He was a gambler. He was a gambler. Uh, oh, he had a bookie. Oh, he had a bookie. Um, we're, I'm talking about our maternal grandfather. Oh, I, well,
1: I, I knew the other one. He did gambling some stuff at the at the track. Yeah, but he didn't but have I, a
0: bookie. He just went to the oh. casino. And it was our other grandfather. I
1: didn't know this about yeah, that, uh, I, that one.
0: I, I remember actually when he passed, our grandmother being like, all right, someone's going to call his bookie and just let him know. Wow, um, I I don't know that he owed a bunch of money, but I don't know that he ever was very successful with it. Uh, okay, interesting. Yeah, yeah. Well, that, that's a uh, that's a uh, that's gonna be our next Thanksgiving conversation with our mother.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely gonna I'm definitely gonna bring that up and be like, so tell me about Grandpa's gambling habit. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Nathan. We see working with Patty on more stuff on atomic elements, things like that. And then Susan has her own flashcards to use. And it's and they say this is the only way I can get your attention. I'm leaving you. I'm you're leaving me. Yes, on the card. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> Helen has a date with the, the bio, a biology teacher. Just a kind of a nice guy. Yeah. Um. And we also see when they get home, we see uh, Gary is smiling and playing with Todd. He's much happier right now. You know, I guess having you know that uh, male influence and having someone you know kind of talk to him and all that kind of stuff has worked out really well. Yeah. Then Julie, though, comes in and yells at Todd because he's racing again. And so Todd is upset and he leaves. And then another little bomb drop. Julie's like, well, and then you want me to have your baby or whatever it is. <laughs> and I'm going to have your baby. It's like, oh, fuck. She's pregnant. They're not telling Helen anything. <laughs> no, I, I feel so bad for her. Yes. As a single mother. She gets she gets really shat on by her kids. Uh Gil. Doesn't end up getting the partnership. We reveal that Phil does because, again, you know he doesn't have the family and spends all the time. So Gil's fed up and he quits, and he goes home and it's madness at home. And he lets Karen know about this, and it's his bad timing because she mentions that she's pregnant. Oh geez, yeah, oh geez. So very stressful talk, and now we're having a very intense discussion, even where like where abortion is mm-hmm. brought up as a potential, yeah. um, because they already have three kids and is four too much for them right now. So, yeah. I mean, yeah, Gil's line has... A good, this is a pretty good line here.
0: Let's have it. thing. Let's see how I can screw the fourth one up. Hey, let's have five. Let's have six. Let's have a dozen and pretend they're donuts.
1: And I thought that was an interesting, humorous line because Steve Martin was in Cheaper by the Dozen and Cheaper by the Dozen 2, like a little over a decade later. So right. <laughs> I just thought that was particularly funny. Uh, so now... Uh, Gil has to, or Gil unfortunately has to leave right now to go to a Little League game. But while he's, you know, about setting up for that, Frank comes over, interrupts him and asks him for advice about this whole Larry situation. And they end up having a nice little talk. Mm -hmm. You know, it's kind of one of the few times that you're seeing Frank, who is always hard on Gil, recognizes how good of a father he sees Gil to be and is, is legitimately looking to him for help on what he should do. So that was a nice little moment that Gil shares with Frank. Uh, Then we cut to the the game, and we're happening, and the team needs one more out, and there's this other, the little first baseman, uh, Clint Howard's kid, is just a little asshole, and he's like, we just gotta get this one out. Kevin's currently playing right field, and we get a pop-up, and the one little first uh, first base kid is going to try and, after Clint tells him, uh, go for any ball. You, you're you the best one on the team. You've got to get the out.
0: I can tell you this. If I were the coach and I heard a parent yell that to his kid, I would immediately pull the kid. Like, nope, you're uh, benched. Yeah. Sit down. Sorry.
1: I, I Absolutely. Because, one, that's a ridiculous statement. What happens if it's a ground ball the first or it's a third or something? Right, exactly. Or, it's it's,
0: it's ri- a, and, and then the kid's going for it, and then no one's covering first. Exactly. So
1: absolutely ridiculous idea. That's a, that's a that's a smart tactic to use. <laughs> so, but anyway, it's a pop fly to right field, and so the first baseman kid darts out there, collides with Kevin. The ball just as Kevin was about to catch yeah. it, collides with him. It pops up into the air, but Kevin recovers quickly and jumps and catches the ball before it hits the ground. He gets the out. Yay! He saved the game. As Gill as you fork, does a little crazy kind <laughs> yeah, of dance here. We see Frank agrees to help Larry. And tells him, "Hey, you know, I'll help you out. We'll we'll make a deal with your bookie about a thousand dollars a month if you come to work for me, and if you start going to Gamblers Anonymous and things like that." And Larry seems to agree, but then he <laughs> mentions, "I have this other this other idea, and it's going to really help me get that money real quick. And so let me try that first. And if that doesn't work out, then I'll come, uh, you know, work for you." And he mentions it's in Chile. In Chile. Okay. Idea. Yeah, I knew it was it was it was far away, but he needs to leave. And um, and he asks, "So oh, what about Cool? What do you? What can you do?" And Frank's like, "I'll I'll take care of him." And ultimately, this whole section, one we know this is basically Larry is never going to
0: he's, get out of. his He's leaving the country problem. to get away from the the bookies because
1: he's getting yeah yeah he's getting away he's moving the country getting away from the bookies. But also, this ultimately just made me feel so bad for Cool. Oh, absolutely, like. Uh, it was just heartbroken for that little kid because, first
0: of all, his mom dumped him on the yeah.
1: on him. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. And then the now the mom, we, it's a <laughs> well, it's a great line. Is like because uh, apparently the mom dumped him on Larry because she said, "I just shot a guy. You got to take the kid." Yeah. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> and so the mom's not any better. And then now Larry is fucking awful. And so this kid is going to have to, you know, be raised uh, by Frank, which is not a terrible thing, but it's not. Good thing. No, I mean, and it's just overall. Yeah, yeah.
0: They're they're in the retired age. I mean, it would have been better if one of the other ones took him yeah. in, um, but apparently, yeah, yeah, yeah. as we'll see by the end, everyone's having effing babies.
1: He, all the kids, all the babies, all the kids. Yeah. yeah, I just ultimately, I was just like, oh man, that poor cool. Yeah, he did he with that poor name. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so, uh,
1: at school, uh, Nathan tries to convince Susan to come home. He's making a grand gesture, and to do so. He does so by singing uh, Why Do Birds Suddenly Appear uh, in her classroom, which is apparently a song from their wedding.
0: Why do birds
1: suddenly appear every time you are near just like me they long to be close to you.
0: There was a, a kid in that classroom uh, named Howie Durow who became one of the Backstreet Boys. Oh, really? Yep. He was an that's extra. Very he cool. was an extra in this scene. Because uh, I always forget that the, like, all those, like, the Backstreet Boys and Instinct, those guys all came from Florida. Um, uh, and that's where this movie was shot, was mostly in Florida. Okay. so
1: Nice. So, yeah, so they end up, you know, kind of kissing at the end of this, of, of Rick Moranis singing this one or of uh, Nathan singing it. And so they kind of you know, have made back up. Hopefully Uh, we cut to a drag race and it's Todd's turn. Julie's there. Helen comes in and Todd starts his race and he goes and he crashes the fuck out of the dragster that he has. (laughs) He is not a good uh, racer. No, Uh, but he's okay. Todd is okay. And Helen ultimately pushes for Julie to, Stay by Todd's side.
0: I loved her line when she's like, Julie's like, I can't, I can't handle this." I was like, "That's marriage." Yeah, like throws her on the
1: truck. Exactly. And and uh, Gary sees that, you know, he sees that and he respects it because he's always kind of, you can tell, he kind of probably blamed his mother for some of this stuff and for her Mm -hmm. being alone and him not seeing his father. And he always kind of put the blame on her. But here he's kind of realizing, oh, she tries and she understands the importance of family and it's the father probably that fucked things up and so he kind of gained yeah. some respect for his mother in this moment yeah so at gill's house uh they're getting ready for this school play and i kind of forgot <laughs> i forgot about the school play but the second i saw that they were prepping the school i was like oh yeah the fucking school play scene <laughs> another one i liked as a kid so we also find out gill apparently got his job back with a raise so that's good so hey all things are going good but they're still kind of worried about that fourth kid and actually you kind of see I noticed more and more connections between Gil's anxiousness and probably how exactly how Kevin got some of that
0: oh yeah yeah, yeah. I I absolutely noticed that
1: yeah I never noticed it before but absolutely did pick up on it today uh, we also see that the grandmother gives them some I think some hidden good advice about roller coasters kind of tells them a roller yeah. coaster story about I always liked the roller coaster because it's you know Gil doesn't really get it but it's the metaphor. Roller coaster is a is the new baby, you idiot, and yeah. it's basically what it is. It's the roller coaster of life with with children. So it's the school playtime, which is terrible. It's a terrible school play. I will say I've seen some of the videos from your kids plays, and they are much better than this. Uh, <laughs> but yours, your kids do like actually drama on the side and whatnot. So it's the other kids who are particularly good at it, right? And so these kids are trying to you know force dopey, which is what Taylor. Uh, the You know, the daughter is playing mm-hmm. and Justin goes up to protect his sister and all <laughs> madness occurs and it's hilarious. So you got to love it. And it's Gil cute. at this point feels overwhelmed and he feels like a roller coaster is coming on and hitting him as there's madness on the uh, stage, which his kids are causing apparently. And Karen's just kind of laughing it off. And then eventually the roller coaster kind of sues down for him and he just relaxes and he kind of just gets it and it's just like none of this shit matters you know it's it's fine and so he then kind of gestures to karen he wants that fourth baby we cut to the baby coming it's a girl and we're only on tights we see a baby coming uh we find out it's a girl and all the family's in the lobby because the this uh, nurse kind of told him or a doctor told him to get out there and so we get to the lobby and we see susan is pregnant uh, with their kid, with the so her and Nathan are continuing that. Uh, Karen has a recent baby, so this is not Karen who just right. had this baby. Who that so the edit made you think? And then Todd and Julie already had their baby, so it's not them. We then cut to the dad pulls down his mask. It's the biology teacher who went on a yeah. date with Helen, and they are having a kid. And it's just this whole happy moment. Everyone's got together. Everyone's having a kid. All these people who are well into their 40s having kids now. (laughs) But, you know, it is a – I thought it was a wonderful little surprise moment there.
0: Yeah. It was a a cute twist. I liked
1: it. Exactly. And we kind of know that, you know, most everybody here is they're kind of – they're happy in this moment and they're all kind of moving forward with their family I like Frank ripping off a no-smoking sign as he lights up a stogie um, and just overall the happy the family is together they're all making babies and they're all having a good time and we have our end credits uh, with a Randy Newman song don't to take a trip to China don't say up you will get too far from where you are there's a love to see you smile. so um i'll let you start off uh, you said you didn't show this to your kid but how did your how did your wife like it and how did how did you enjoy rewatching uh a parenthood
0: i actually s- not struggled but i had considered showing him this movie like i mentioned mm-hmm. and then kind of decided against it um, part of it was I wasn't sure if they're gonna be able to sit through it because it it, I, it was weird because like I'm thinking of it as, oh, I absolutely watched this movie as a kid and loved it. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and then going back and watching it now, I'm like, I'm getting so much more out of this as an adult, because this clearly was a movie meant really for adults, not for kids. Mm-hmm. But somehow we loved it. But ultimately I didn't say to you. My wife loves already loved this movie. She was quoting lines before they happened <laughs> throughout the film. So she remembered she actually remembered it better than I did. This movie is fantastic. Mm-hmm. I definitely get so much more out of it now than I did as a kid. I still loved it for the fun stuff. I I still giggled at the damn diarrhea song. I of thought course. it was hilarious. <laughs> and it it's just it's full of so many fun yet poignant moments that I think anyone can get out of just in terms of relationships. Not necessarily, you know, relationship with your partner, relationships with your kids, with your parents. You know, you don't have to be a parent to get a lot out of this. I'm really, really glad we put this on the schedule.
1: Uh, I would reiterate, you don't have to, I'm not a parent, but I still... I want to be. Yet. Yet, Yet exactly. That is... It's going to happen. I know this. Uh, I hope on this. But anyway, yeah, you are dead on. It's funny, and you mentioned this before, as you related as with the kids when you were younger. And some of those scenes are the ones I remembered the most, uh, that are very kid heavy, but mm-hmm. the, the focus of this film is really with the parents. I realize that much more now it has been probably a, at least a decade, probably, probably two decades since I've seen this movie. If I had to guess. Mm-hmm. And this film has gotten better for me as i've aged as if i've kind of worked with that you know that middle that generation of the the parents now and you just pick up on so much more you understand more about what's going on and all this kind of stuff that this film is absolutely fantastic damn good movie highly recommend it um if you liked it as a kid i can almost guarantee you will get more out of it now than you did when you were younger Mm -hmm. All right, let's move on to The Parenthood. Uh, this show aired from 1995 to 1999. Five seasons, 90 episodes aired on the
0: WB. Was this a show that you watched at all? I definitely remember the show existing. Mm-hmm. I don't remember ever watching it.
1: Okay. I did watch it, and I can't remember if it was kind of through like a, some syndication run or whatnot, but I absolutely paid attention to the show and watch. I wasn't saying I watched it every episode, but I watched it quite a bit. Right, I, I definitely yeah. do remember a good bit of this this show, particularly like the earlier seasons. Um, but this was a show that I, I watched fairly frequently. I saw that originally it was meant to be called Father Knows Nothing, a kind of a parody on the 1950s show, Father Knows Best. Uh, but mm-hmm. they ended up shifting it to The Parenthood. And I saw nothing that showed me that there were any ties to... The Parenthood and then the movie Parenthood, I didn't see it. But actually, I I don't think. It, yeah, I don't think so. I don't think so. But I will say there were a couple similarities. Things that I actually thought worked pretty well. I mean, in the movie Parenthood, uh, we see Gil kind of going off into his imagination a couple times. It's a good few times. Mm-hmm. And almost every single episode of the Parenthood, you'll see the father going off into, like, trailing off into his imagination. As well, at some point, so I, I maybe they
0: did take that from the movie, and I, I think
1: you know because because that's not something that happens too often. It happens in some shows, but it just felt very similar. Um, this was one of the fir- the four sitcoms that aired as the on the original Wednesday night two hour lineup uh, that helped launch the WB network alongside the Wayans Brothers show, Unhappily Ever Ever After, and then a short lived show called Muscle that I don't remember at all, but I do remember yeah. those, those other ones. The Parenthood was created by Andrew Nichols, David Vickers, and Robert Townsend. Uh, Nichols and Vickers wrote together on The Tonight Show with Johnny Carson for many years. It looked like and also wrote on some Jimmy Neutron episodes and some other stuff. So pretty good stuff there. And and then Robert Townsend, who also starred as our main person, uh, main dad, Robert. So we'll talk our cast right now. Um, Robert Townsend was, he wrote and directed... Uh, Hollywood Shuffle and Meteor Man also starred in those. He's a good comedic actor guy. I like him mm-hmm. quite a bit. Uh, Jerry, uh, the mother slash wife of Robert, was uh, played by Suzanne Douglas. She was in School of Rock and a smaller part, it looks like. And this is really her main thing that I could, sell, could tell from. Uh, Zaria uh, is played by Reagan Gomez Preston. She was in the movie Love Don't Cost a Thing, uh, but she was the voice of the daughter on The Cleveland Show. So, oh, okay. There you go. Uh, Nicholas, um, kind of the cute chubby kid, uh, was played by Curtis Williams. He was in Karina Karina, if you remember that movie. And then this was kind of his main show as well. Um, and then Cece is the youngest daughter played by Ashley Adams. She didn't really have much else. I did notice she did a, she did a voice in the movie Baby Geniuses, if you ever saw that one. (laughs) I don't think I ever saw it. I didn't either because it looked terrible to me. (laughs) Kind of the, uh, friendly, pop-in, wacky neighbor type uh, old friend from Robert, apparently from back in the day, is played by, is Wendell, played by Faison Love. I think the vast majority of people recognize him from Friday. He played Big Worm yeah, in Friday, but he's also in The Replacements. Uh, and then I remember him from an episode of Always Sunny in Philadelphia, but he's been in quite a stuff. I think he's like a, an actor you see pop up uh, just kind of all over the place. Yeah. Michael, the uh, oldest of the children, is played by Kenny Blank. Uh, he was in the movie Boomerang. He actually did a voice on multiple of the Saints Row games. But I saw he reviewed the book Jumanji on Reading Rainbow. He was on an episode of Reading oh. Rainbow. One of the kids that you know were highlighted for the books. Nice. He left after season three, and I remember that. I actually I always liked him. Him him and particularly Zaria and Michael had like a I don't know they were. Friendly, but competitive brothers and sisters or brother and sister. Yeah. He left after season three. I think it was to kind of continue his music career because he was actually a music guy. He was the composer for this show as well. Really? Yeah. So he, he, he actually used a pseudonym, Ken Michael as opposed to, because uh, it was credited slightly differently, but he he composed the music of the seasons that he was on, and he composed some other shows, and or not, nothing big that I noticed, but he was a big music guy, and they wrote that into the character. The character, like, had a band, and he was a big music guy, but that was actually part of Kenny Blank as a person. So, I thought that okay. was pretty cool. Um. So, when he left, there was this other character named TK, who was kind of like this juvenile delinquent who the, uh, the family kind of bring in to try and help him get his life straight. Uh, His name was, or his, he was played by Tyrone Burton. This was pretty much the only thing I could recognize him from. So uh, that was only like the seasons four and five that he had on that. So the Peterson family, uh, they're an upper middle class family from Harlem, New York. Uh, Apparently Robert is a college professor and his wife is a law student. And they are trying to balance their lives, balance work, and their four kids. Kind of fairly classicy sitcom feel to this one. Um, but there were those dips into Robert's imagination, which kind of kind mm-hmm. of trail off quite. A, I mean, it's only usually about one or maybe two per episode, but they're usually fairly involved. And so it usually also adds like some slapstick humor. Almost think. Scrubs-esque before Scrubs now it wasn't nearly as frequent and as used as Scrubs but you do see him like yeah just kind of pop off usually it was like dealt like him and Wendell or something I don't know but it's always some kind of wacky thing in his head um, that, that were tied into the show and the show itself usually would have like some upstanding family values and mostly like a wholesome family mentality like this was an upstanding you know black family like a good role model family in general for anybody Mm-hmm. So, so I liked that that sh- this show about that aspect, but um, it's not like there was a bunch to talk about with this show. Right. I I watched. Uh, I ended up watching three episodes myself. What about you?
0: I watched. I was two or three episodes as okay. well. I actually just watched the first two or three. Okay. I didn't go into any other seasons.
1: I watched the first. I watched episode one, and then I jumped to like a season three because I wanted to see how it built a little bit, and then I mm-hmm. jumped to another one that IMDb said was the highest rated episode, which that episode wasn't any better than any other one. <laughs> but it did it did have cameo a cameo from Drew Hill, uh, you know, oh. the, the Cisco and his group. But it's fine. I mean, overall, it looked like there was... It was dealing with very similar stuff to any of the family sitcoms, you know? Yeah. Uh, there was nothing particularly unique about it. You know, think Cosby's-esque. Think... Um, even Roseanne-esque, but just for an a upper-class family, um, right. where you're just having to deal with kids getting into situations or, or family or family matters or full house. All those aren't—none of those are particularly unique other than maybe the addition of, like, a Steve Urkel, you know? Right, right. They all have their own special characters and all that kind of stuff, um, but they're all pretty much the same kind of thing over and over again. Uh, one thing that I did actually really like was the theme song. I thought it was a simple theme song, but it was kind of modern for its time and kind of like yeah. updated. I thought it was good. I actually find it quite catchy.
0: It was fine. Okay, it was neither here nor there for me. Yeah.
1: So yeah, I mean, this wasn't a show that was a huge shaper of my life or anything like right. that. And it was a fa- it just it was a fairly standard, solid sitcom. I'll just kind of and I I have nothing else to really bring about it <laughs> because it's kind of a flat show. Rewatching yeah. it now, it's good it's not bad by any means and they're dealing with situations of these kids growing up and you know the same kind of situations you see with every family sitcom i don't think it's really needed to rewatch this show unless if you are super nostalgic for it sure pop it on it's fine but it's this isn't one that i i think really stands the test of time but it also
0: doesn't hurt the test of time it's completely decent that was that was pretty much what I took away from it. Um, mm-hmm. I watched a few, watched a few episodes. I was like, it's not a horrible show. The characters are fine. The writing is fine. But there was nothing that really like drew me in. Yeah. I, at the end, I was like, okay. I didn't feel like I had wasted you know an hour and a half or so of my life. But I was just like, I didn't really get anything out of it yeah.
1: as well. I do think the laugh track might have been overused a little bit. I remember <laughs> some of that. I was like, man, you guys are really pouring on the laugh track right now. Um, but. <laughs> Over that, overall, it's just, yeah, it was a totally fine show, so, yep.
0: This episode of the Blast From Our Past podcast is not brought to you by... When you get
1: nausea, heartburn, indigestion, upset stomach, even diarrhea... Hey, there's Pepto Bismol. Nausea, heartburn, indigestion, upset stomach,
0: diarrhea. Yay, Pepto Bismol.
1: Nausea, heartburn, indigestion, upset stomach,
0: diarrhea. Yay, Pepto Bismol.
1: Nausea, heartburn, indigestion, upset stomach, diarrhea. Yay,
0: Pepto Bismol.
1: Now you know, Pepto treats five different stomach problems. You see, pink does more than you think.
0: All right. And now we're going to do the casting portion of the show. As mentioned at the top, we are going to recast the movie Parenthood using Actors of Today. Adam, I got to say, I feel like I pulled out all the stops on this one. I kind of put a, a, mostly, I'd say, a star studded cast.
1: I think I did two. Other than maybe two of them, I feel I did a pretty damn good casting. Um, I didn't get as diverse as I probably would have wanted Norm- to, but it's also a family. Like it's a family unit where there's some gonna be homogenous, right. hom- homogeny, whatever you know how it is, because yeah. there some of them are. Four of these people are brother and sister, so they all right. they have to look similar enough.
0: Yeah, and I did change a couple of things, but I didn't feel overly drastically. Yeah, yeah, me too. Um, maybe one was a little drastic, but that's. I don't. think It's not going to f- affect too much. I don't think. Mm-hmm. Um, so we are going to do the characters of Gill, Karen, Frank, Helen, Nathan, Susan, Larry, Julie, and Todd. Not bothering with the children this time. <laughs> yeah, we'll find other actors for that. Why don't we go ahead and start with Todd? Adam, I'd like to hear your Todd first.
1: Yep. Uh, now I did not have as star studded of Todd as Keanu Reeves. Um, I ultimately went on look. With this actor, I honestly can say I actually haven't seen, I've seen one of the movies that he's in, which was Superman Returns, but that was a long time ago. Um, He has been in The Young and the Restless for plenty of episodes fairly recently. I don't know his acting stops, but he just, if you look at recent episodes, he's got like the long hair, at least in The Young and the Restless. He looks like he can be a surfer kind of doofus. I went with a guy named Tristan Lake LeBeau. So if you look up Tristan Lake, you'll see him and then I'd say recommend like looking up some of his like longer hair pictures and he just he has the look of a surfery kind of Dumbo guy. And that's ultimately okay. what I what I pushed on.
0: I don't recognize a character from Superman Returns. It's probably a small small character small part. I guess. I mean, he's he he looked like he could be a surfer dude. Yeah. Oh, oh he what? play I, I looked at the Superman Returns. He plays is he uh, play the kid? The, the kid, the son?
1: Bo- yeah, the son. He plays the oh. the, the Superman son.
0: Okay. Uh, I'm fine with that. I don't really have anything to to base on. I don't know yeah.
1: his work all that well. Fair. You don't watch uh, uh, Young and the Restless?
0: No. Okay. <laughs> um, I did go with a name that you're going to recognize, and probably an unlikely pick. But I recently he's been growing out his hair. I think for a role I've seen him in interviews, and I'm like, oh, he kind of a surfer. Even though Todd actually doesn't have long hair until the end.
1: Yeah.
0: Um. He actually has short hair for it. I went with Tom Holland. Okay. I mean, he's a big name. Uh. I like him as an actor. He can
1: kind of play dumb. I've seen him do that with you know his, with his stuff. Yeah. So yeah. I don't. I don't dislike it. That's definitely a bigger name and probably you know definitely more interesting
0: for for most people. Yep. So let's go ahead and jump into Julie, and I'm going to jump in first because my pick of Todd had to do with my pick of Julie. <laughs> Zendaya. I went with another big. I went with Zendaya. <laughs> so I, I look at I, their,
1: boyfriend, I, their boyfriend, girlfriend in real life.
0: Yes. So and so I was like, you know what? Let's just get them on a movie together. She's still she's still playing high school age kids right now, so I, I think it's good. Um, like I said, I kind of went for a star studded here. Yeah. I think it would be fun to see their dynamic play out. Yeah. In this. Fair.
1: Fair, um, yeah. I went with a a good actress. Uh, you've probably seen her in some stuff. Um, I don't know if you watched the chilling ad- or the chilling adventures of Sabrina, but she was the main kid in that. I mean, she is twenty three right now, but she still kind of has like a high school-y kind of look if she as she needs to. And so I think it would fit well, or or maybe I could call. I think maybe we age him up to college, um, mm-hmm. and you know that kind of stuff. So. Uh, she was in Mad Men before that, and she's been in a bunch of stuff. Uh, Kiernan Shipka is who I went with as my Julie. She's a, she's a good little actress. She does look familiar, though. I mean, she's been in quite a bit of stuff. Um, yeah, between... I'm trying to see if there's something that she's been in that I've... Did you, I mean, you watched Avatar. It. Did you watch Legend of Korra at all? So, well, she did a voice, so you wouldn't have recognized that, but...
0: Uh, no, I didn't bother with She p- She that. played
1: don draper's son in mad men but that was her daughter i mean she was real young in that
0: one though okay no i don't i'm not recognizing her thing but she definitely has that look of someone who i've definitely seen before
1: she's kind of one of the bigger young actresses now um and so i think i think she
0: would be a good call all right cool i'm 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 here for it all right uh all right larry who did you pick for your larry i really like my
1: larry pick so I had to go with someone who I think this guy is in his young thirties right now. Um, I aged up everybody a little bit cause 35 felt too young for me <laughs> cause I'm 35. Yeah. And so I aged everybody up like maybe almost 10 years <laughs> for okay. probably, probably about that for, for yeah. what they probably are. Um, I think Larry was supposed to be 27 in this movie, but he's like, I have him as like a, you know, low thirties and he's still kind of like, you know, a failure. Uh-huh. This guy, he kind of, he plays uh, a younger brother. And kind of an annoying younger brother in the show that he's that he's in. And he's also a younger brother of another uh, actor who is very famous. I've seen him in Scott Pilgrim vs. The World. But he's really also fantastic in the show su- Succession. I'm with Kieran Culkin. Oh, uh, Macaulay Culkin's younger yep. brother. Yep, Macaulay Culkin's younger brother. I think he absolutely could play. Yeah, he, he was in Igby Goes Down, if you remember that one cider house rules from way back in the day but succession oh, wow. is really kind of where i pulled from because that's that's a i mean it's not like a. I mean there's comedic moments in succession but he's dealing he's like a he's a younger brother of a kind of big wealthy family trying to take over a business and i think i could see him pulling this pretty well
0: okay i haven't watched succession so i don't know okay. but i think it's an interesting call and uh i remember him being a pretty good. Little actor from what I do remember him from. Okay, so I think that's an interesting poll. Cool. Um, I also relatively did kind of age up my actors, or they can play younger, however they wanted to decide to do it. Um, my Larry is a little bit older; he's in his late thirties, but he looks young enough he could play young late, yeah, you know, 30s. young thirties or whatever. Um, but I think uh, most people know him for playing a hundred year old man. I went with Sebastian Stan.
1: Oh, okay, gotcha. I was like, I thought at first I thought you were gonna like Benjamin Button stuff. Uh yes, he is old man. Sebastian Stan is interesting. Call, yeah, good looking guy, really good actor. I could see him. Have you, you know. have you
0: watched the Pam the Tommy and Pam story? No, I've had that? no interest in that. I uh, I have like a small interest because like, man, they look really close. They picked actors uh-huh. and actresses who look really close to them, or at least made them up to look really close. And yeah. I'm like. I kind of want to watch it just to watch it. Uh huh. And is it pretty good? I don't. know. I haven't watched it yet. Oh, you said you haven't watched it. <laughs> no, I said I want to. I just haven't. haven't
1: done it. I've seen him in Itania. I like him in that, of course, and in, in the MCU as well. Yeah. Yeah, solid actor. I, I'm sure they could make that. He can make that work, of course. Make okay. That work.
0: Uh, Susan. Uh, Susan, who is married to Nathan. Yep. Which was Rick Moranis's character, for Susan. I went with an actress that I've used some of these guys I've used before, which is is fine that's you know we're not casting MCU here yeah um, and I went with an actress who I know for a fact you love and I think she works good with sort of family comedy and stuff like that. I went with Kristen Bell. Oh
1: yeah I can see that yeah she's super cute. Uh, I think I think she's very funny and adorable and yeah, I like that call. okay. Good choice. Who did you go so, with? Uh, I went with someone who's probably around that same age. I think uh, Kristen Bell's probably was born in 1980-ish, is my guess, around similar to your age. Yes. Uh, mine is born in 79, so same age range. Close enough. She is very attractive. Is uh, that something that was part of Susan, though? It's like, how, how did this nerd kind of get you? But also, she's good actress. Um, I haven't seen too much with this actress recently, but she's been in a bunch of stuff Mostly like the late '90s and early 2000s. Uh, I went with Jennifer Love Hewitt as my Susan.
0: I like that call. I mean, I like Jennifer Love Hewitt. So yeah. Um, but I actually, um, I actually got into this was years ago. Uh, what was that show? The Ghost Whisperer. Oh yeah, that's right. I watched that show. I actually thought it was pretty good, and I, I liked her on it. And yeah, I think she would work well for this type of movie. Right. So I'm cool. I'm all for that. Cool. Thank you. Uh, all right, let's go to Nathan. I'm interested to hear who your Nathan is. You gotta have someone who can who can understand comedy to expe- extent. Uh,
1: just because, I mean, I just because I think like when I'm replacing Brick Miranda's, you have to know comedy. Even though his character is not super comedic, now, other he's than, kind of a there's some moments, but he's more or less a
0: straight man in this.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's I guess it's that last little singing scene, if there's anything. Um, but yeah, you gotta also be a nerd, and I feel like I've seen this actor play nerd, and comedy, comedian as well and different stuff. I went with John Cho as my Nathan. Okay. Yeah. I like that. I okay. like John Cho. Okay. Um,
0: He's not as awkward looking as Rick Moranis. John Cho's a good looking no, dude, but it's... You're never going to find a, a one-to-one with Rick Moranis, though. Yeah. You're, you're just not. Mm-hmm. Um, So I, I actually really like that right. call. I cool. think that's good. Um, Nathan is the one character where I did do a, a, a complete switch. Okay. On the character, on the take of the character, um, and I chose an actress. Okay. So my Nathan is going to be a Natalie. Um, I wanted to, in this modern, you know, in this modern day, relationships don't always look normal. Yeah. So I felt like I could change a few things up. Um, I did like you need to be aware of, like the family. Yeah. Um, even though that could change, but I was like, you know what? For the sake of continuity, let's make this family all uh, uh, look together. I'm not sure. Um, but I, w- I was like, you know what, with this character, I'm going to change things up. I actually went with Zoe Saldana.
1: Oh, okay. Uh, so, yeah, Zoe Saldana being – I never see her as a nerd. I don't know if I've no. ever – she is so – Which like, I'd love to see. <laughs> yeah. I should, that, She'd be one sexy nerd, man. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm a big fan of Zoe Saldana. Uh, and who was, she, who was your Susan? I can't remember. Kristen Bell. Oh, the two of them. <laughs> Buddy, have you been invading my dreams? <laughs> I like it. I I yes. Yes.
0: Okay, good. Cool. Big fat hard yes. <laughs> Jesus. All right. Uh Helen. Uh Helen I had a hard time with initially. Uh Diane weest she just has a look to her and she plays like anxious characters so well. Yeah. And she kind of has that—that that at first, at least—and then she, you kind of realize, okay, she, she kind of gets her stuff together. And then I came across this actress looking, uh, for you know, for my casting. That I was like, you know what, I, I, can see her playing this type of role. I'm not sure I've ever used her before. I, I want to say maybe I have for something, um, but I see her in all kinds of comedic movies. I went with Judy Greer.
1: Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She she is an actress who I think has a lot more um, versatility than people realize. She has done a lot of stuff, and she is a fantastic actress. I like that. I like that call quite a bit.
0: Okay, cool. Well, who did you go with for Helen?
1: Uh, I'm really happy with my, my Helen. You have to have someone who, yeah, who can... I don't know I, I felt like she was probably my favorite actress in this film honestly I, I just maybe because I connected to because we grew up with a, a you know single mother most mm-hmm. of our time um, with living with a single mother and so I felt like I could kind of understand what she was going through more than some of the other people mm-hmm. um, but also Diane Weiss is just an, a phenomenal actress so I was yeah. kind of looking through uh, actresses that you know in the age range that I wanted and I came upon this person and I thought like okay I could see Divorce the way that this person, she could also do some comedy stuff because I've seen some, but she's not really a comedy actress. She's a dramatic actress and she is really great in everything. I went with Hilary Swank as my Helen.
0: Oh, interesting call. Yeah. Interesting call. So um, I do remember like everyone talking about, oh, yeah, that's the girl from Boys Don't Cry. I don't, I always go, oh, that's the girl from The Next Karate Kid. Oh yeah,
1: yeah. I think Million Dollar Baby, but yes, those are all. That's all true. Next Karate. Kid. I've
0: actually, I still not Which yet seen.
1: Moon, they need bring to bring her onto fucking Cobra Kai because she had Mister Miyagi. That was that was a complete continuation. Like, yeah,
0: that bring that her. is in the canon. Yeah, get her on for an episode or something.
1: Absolutely.
0: I don't know. Maybe she's too big now.
1: Possibly. But
0: who cares? She's awesome. I don't know. Right now, she's working on a TV movie called Untitled Alaska Project. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Maybe she's Uh, got time. Who knows? But I just, I just
1: kind of felt that there were some connections between kind of her strong acting and Diane Uh Weist as, as a strong actress. So that's, that's where I went.
0: I like it. I like the call. Frank, I like my pick for Frank. So I'm really interested to hear who you went with.
1: Okay. Uh, I'm, I very much like mine as well. You got to go. I went with someone in their 70s you kind of be definitely got to be older uh for this role. And I struggled with it with a couple different ones and then ultimately I went with this guy cuz Frank is kind of a hard ass. Um you mm-hmm. see some soft moments from him, you know, near near the end, but he's kind of like a, an intimidating ass at times. And I went with a, someone who's been a fantastic TV dad. He's also been a great, you know, he's been in movies as well. Actually, funny enough, He he's in a Movie that we we reviewed with Rick Moranis, but he was awesome in he was awesome in Married with Children, and he was awesome in Modern Family. I went with Ed O'Neill as my oh, Frank, and I, I'm really happy with that one.
0: Personally. That's a good call. That's a really good call. Okay, that, that and he Ed, Ed O'Neill plays a good kind of curmudgeony yes character and uh, but, but obviously he, got a lot of cr- critical acclaim with Modern Family.
1: It, in Modern Family, you kind of saw some of his softer side as well, because he had to go kind of back and forth, very curmudgeon in Married with Married with Children, but then right. he kind of had some more of that comedic-y softness with Modern Family as well, so yeah, that's it.
0: I've i never watched that many episodes of uh, Modern Family, but the, there was one episode there where he had a line where um, – Oh, what's the name of the lovely woman who, pl- oh, oh, who plays his uh, wife?
1: Julie Bowen. Oh, oh, you mean Sofia Vergara.
0: So yeah, Sofia Vergara. She comes. She's like, I'm going to take a shower. Do you want to join me? And he goes, you know, honey, there's a gun in the footlocker, and if I ever say no to that question, I want you to use it on me. <laughs> like, that, that sounds like the appropriate response to if Sofia Vergara asks you to take a shower with her. Uh, yeah. Uh, I went with an actor who's not quite in his 70s. He is in his late 60s. But I think he's he's uh, he's a phenomenal actor, could play this role very well. I went with Jeff Daniels.
1: Oh yeah, I like
0: that. I totally, totally see that fitting. So I overall, I yeah. think both of our franks are good calls. Yes, and I wouldn't be upset with either of them playing nope. that particular role.
1: Nope, that works for me.
0: Holy shit! Jeff Daniels was born in Athens, Georgia. I was yeah. I just saw that too. <laughs> Go dogs! <laughs> yeah, go dogs! <laughs> uh, all right, Karen, who was Mary Steenburgen's character. Um, I I pulled an actress who I haven't seen in a while, but I've been—I don't know if I've used her before. I might have used her before, um, but she's about our age, so she's right. I think where you need to be, and I did want to add a little bit of kind of diversity mm-hmm. in in the in the. Um, the spouses yeah where you kind of could more easily where, where yeah. you kind of could um uh, although she's canadian technically um and i'm sure she would identify herself as canadian i went with Kristen crook as my karen
1: oh, yeah she, she i remember her from was it friday night no 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 she was in smallville
0: she was in smallville she was yeah. also in euro trip if you remember oh yeah, yes she scotty was the girlfriend know. that matt damon
1: was, <laughs> makes <out> that <with. laughs> one yeah don't tell scotty because scotty isn't scotty doesn't know that's a great, God, that's a great one. Uh, yeah, she is so attractive. Um, it, it's awful for me to be like the first thing I think of, but but yeah, she's good. She's solid. I like that. She's a solid actress. So yes. All
0: right, who did you go with?
1: Um, I'm actually just a tad bit older, but yeah, um, uh, uh, but she's. I think she plays the mom role. I think pretty well right now, um, even though we might think it hard to think of her always as a mom role earlier on because we've seen her since. The old Legally Blonde days, but she has acted in everything from comedy to drama and everything in between. I'm with Reese Witherspoon as my Karen.
0: I could totally see Reese Witherspoon doing a movie like this now. Yeah. Um, I know she's kind of doing more of that, that kind of stuff. She's she's a mom now, so that mm-hmm. that wouldn't surprise me. And honestly, I think she'd do a very good job. Cool. So I think that's a really good pick.
1: Awesome. Thank you.
0: Uh, all right. Gil. Always interesting to to try to recast an actor, you know, kind of as yeah. iconic as Steve Martin. Um, I, think, I think I got a, a good one in this one, but let's hear yours first.
1: I'm very happy with mine as well. Um, there are very few people who can really show off. I don't know. There was a good range. Uh, there's a lot of goofiness with Steve Martin, and it's hard to match the goofiness. But also he has that fatherly look and the fatherly right. feel to him. Um, now my guy definitely gets the goof. Probably he can probably pull off the dad stuff. He's fifty-two, so he is older than mm-hmm. most anybody else, and uh, even older than Steve Martin was in this one, even though he doesn't look it. He absolutely doesn't look it. Um, but he is fantastic, and I think he would fit well as my Gil. I picked Paul Rudd.
0: Oh, I like that. Yeah, I like that call. That's. I don't know if I. I don't know if I thought that's where you were going, but I. I definitely could see Paul Rudd see. in a role like this. I think that's a really, really good cool. call. Thank you. Um, I was going between two actors, and I finally settled on one. Um, my initial thought actually was to go with Jason Bateman.
1: He was he was on my list. Actually, I had Jason Bateman and Jason Sudeikis and Ed Helms all kind of like on my list as well. Until I saw Paul Rudd, and I was like, "That's mine." But yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: I like yeah. that. Um, but ultimately. I went with the other one you mentioned. Oh. I went with Jason Sudeikis.
1: He was the first one that I really liked until, but I actually just
0: recently used him. Um, yeah, so I, I I know you did. So I didn't. And I think put that's why I, I think that's why it was fresh in my mind. But he's um, a great
1: great choice.
0: Yeah, I think he would work just as just as well as well. I think I I don't know if I think he's a more obvious choice. I think he's a more one to one as far as yeah maybe the actor goes. But uh, I think a Paul Rudd would be a a, a pleasant surprise. Mm-hmm in a role like this. I,
1: I would be absolutely ecstatic with either of them taking this, this role. And I think they would do a fantastic job with it. Yeah. Which reminds me, I need to get either yours or our sister's, uh, Apple plus login. So I can watch uh, season two of <laughs> Ted Lasso. <laughs> <laughs> I might text, uh, text or our sister. just, you know,
0: get it yourself.
1: Shut up, John. <laughs> I can trade you. I can trade you. You can have my <laughs> Disney plus.
0: I'll, I'll I, take your Apple. <laughs> I've already You've already got my Hulu, so it's not much of a
1: tr- <laughs> Yeah, fine. I gave you my Amazon, which I don't think you ended up even using.
0: No, because I wanted to be able to use the Amazon Prime stuff on my own orders. Fine. So.
1: All right. Well, I'll, I'll offer it, too. I'll offer this deal to my sister, then. Okay.
0: All right. And that was our recasting of Parenthood.
1: Please join us next time for another album review. We bring on Jody Sellers of the Tall Tales podcast, and we talk Weird Al Yankovic's
0: Bad Hair Day. And Steven Seagal is a
1: joke.